Thank you, friends. Welcome, everybody. My name is Uyan, and I'm one of the pastors here at Mars Park United Methodist Church. We're so grateful that we can gather as a family of God to worship together on this third Sunday in Lent. Uh, before I pass the mic to Pastor Bill, I wanted to remind you, uh, I hope none of y'all had any trouble parking, but if you ever find yourself struggling to find parking spaces, we have an alternative, right? Can you guess what it is? We have a shuttle system that goes back and forth for 9.45 and 11 worship services at Marsh Park Traditional Elementary School just down the street every Sunday. Please utilize that. It's one of the best ways to get back and forth from our church to your car. So, Pastor Bill, what else is going on today? Thank you, Jan. There's so much going on in the life of this church. I call your attention to the uh, This Week in Myers Park and the announcements in your worship bulletin. Certainly want to ask that you would register your attendance here today, either electronically at home or on the attendance pads, pass them among you so that we might gather some information to begin a relationship with you and find out ways in which we can partner together in ministering this great church together. I would also lift up one announcement today, and that is at 11 o'clock and 7 o'clock on Wednesday, March the 6th, uh, uh, Pastor Howell will be continuing his Bible study uh, this week, a non-controversial title, uh, Politics in the Bible. <laughs> I'm glad he's teaching this week, not me. So come out for that Wednesday, March 6th, 11 and 7 at Francis Chapel. And now let us continue in an attitude of worship. Thank you. 
affirmation of faith this morning is printed in your worship bulletin. It is the Apostles' Creed. Let us unite in this historic confession of our Christian faith. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born to the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Friends, it is a privilege to celebrate the sacrament of holy baptism. Valerie and Alex bring their daughter, Lennox James Taylor. Well, brothers and sisters in Christ, the sacrament of baptism, we are initiated into Christ's holy church. We are incorporated into God's mighty acts of salvation and given new birth through the water and the spirit. All this is God's gift offered to us without price. So on behalf of the whole church, I ask you now, do you accept the freedom and power God gives you to renounce evil and repent of your sins? If so, say, we do. Do you confess Christ as your Savior, put your trust in his grace, and promise to serve him as your Lord? If so, say, we do. And will you nurture this child in Christ's holy church that by your teaching and example she may be guided to accept God's grace for herself, profess her faith openly, and lead a Christian life? If so, say, we will. And to you, the members of Myers Park United Methodist Church, will you include this family now before you in your care? Will you proclaim the good news and live according to the example of Christ? Will you surround this family with a community of love and forgiveness that they may grow in their service to others? And will you pray for them that they may be true disciples who walk in the way that leads to life? If so, say, we will. Let us pray. Eternal Father, when nothing else existed but chaos, you swept across the dark waters and brought forth light. In the days of Noah, you saved those in the ark through water. After the flood, you set in the cloud a rainbow. When you saw your people as slaves in Egypt, you led them to freedom through the sea. Their children you brought through the Jordan to the land which you promised. In the fullness of time, you sent Jesus nurtured in the water of a womb. He was baptized by John and anointed by your spirit. He called his disciples to share in the baptism of his death and resurrection and to make disciples of all nations. Pour out your Holy Spirit to bless this gift of water and those who receive it to wash away their sin and clothe them in righteousness throughout their lives, that dying and being raised with Christ, they may share in his final victory. All praise to you, eternal Father, through your Son, Jesus Christ, who with you and the Holy Spirit lives and reigns forever. Amen. Lennox James Taylor, I baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit work within you that being born through water and the Spirit, you may become a faithful disciple of Jesus Christ. Bill, why don't you just do it for me right there? 
Jesus said, I'm the light of the world, so let your light shine before others that they may come to know God the Father in heaven. Child of God, as you grow in age, may you also grow in the knowledge and the wisdom of God. We rejoice to welcome you to the family of God. It's always a joy and a privilege to welcome new members into the life of our church. I've said this many a times and I say it again. Their family, the moment they enter the doors of our church, this is an outward display of their inward commitment to continue to become the faithful disciples that God called them to be within the context and the life and the journey that is Mars Park United Methodist Church. For this, we give thanks. I always like to say this as well. By joining the church, you, you get like absolutely no zero benefits. Uh, you get a name tag, that's free. There you go, you're wearing some. But instead, we're asking them, inviting them to grow in the depth of their discipleship, to give more of themselves to one another and to the life of this church. So I'm going to go down the line and invite them to share their name and where they grow, grew up. So not where you live now, you live in Charlotte. Where did you grow up? Jeff Edwards, Richmond, Virginia. Julia Woodside, Greenville, South Carolina. Novelin Williams, Gastonia, North Carolina. Pam Bellato, Stillwater, New York. Julie King, Charlotte. Simba Corella, Raleigh. Larry Corella, Martins Ferry, Ohio. Katie Barker, Newmarket, Maryland. Thomas Barker, Eden, North Carolina. Ethan Smith, Waynesville, North Carolina. Marianne Smith, and I'm a Charlotte native. Andrew Burnett, Burlington, North Carolina. Kathy Wilson, Marion, Illinois. Uh, Bruce Wilson, Danville, Virginia. And Sue Rawls, Rock Hill, South Carolina. There's some of you here, I'm looking at you like, I didn't realize that you weren't members yet. It's about time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we welcome you with the love of Christ, and we are honored and excited that you will be with us on our journey toward a meaningful and faithful and humble discipleship. And so I ask you, will you strive with us to follow Jesus Christ, put your whole trust in his grace, and promise to serve God's people and world? If so, please say we will. As members of the body of Christ here at Mars Park United Methodist Church, will you faithfully engage in ministry by your prayer, your presence, your gifts, your service, and your witness? If so, please say we will. Family of God, I commend these new friends to your love and care, where you do all in your power to encourage and walk with them as together we strive to increase our faith, confirm our hope, and grow in love and compassion. If so, let all say, we will. We give thanks for all that God has given you, and we welcome you in Christian love. May God continue to establish you and to strengthen you that you may be faithful disciples of Jesus Christ as the newest members of our church family. Friends, let us welcome them.
following the service, they'll be seated right here in the front. So please do come by and let them know how glad we are to welcome them as members of our church. I invite you now to turn your worship bulletins to the prayer confession, which is printed there. Let's confess our sins before God and one another. Let us pray. Our minds and hearts are consumed by busyness and brokenness. Pride and rancor shout loudly in our lives. We want to see as you see, to see ourselves as vessels of your love, to see and be kind to others, we want to hear as you hear, listening to the least of these, those wounded, debated, blamed, and left out. Free us from all bondage, free enough to be reconciled to you and with others. Consume our hearts and minds by your grace. My dear friends, hear the good news. Christ died for us while we're yet sinners. That proves God's love towards us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ. You are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. Our Old Testament lesson comes from Exodus chapter 20, beginning with the first verse. Then God spoke all these words. I am the Lord your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make for yourself an idol, whether in the form of anything that is in heaven above, or that is on the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, punishing children for the iniquity of parents to the third and the fourth generation of those who reject me, but showing steadfast love to the thousandth generation of those who love me and keep my commandments. You shall not make wrongful use of the name of the Lord your God, for the Lord will not acquit anyone who misuses his name. Remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you, your son or your daughter, your male or female slave, your livestock or the alien resident in your towns. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, but rested the seventh day. Therefore, the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and consecrated it. Honor your father and your mother so that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. You shall not murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not steal. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet, covet your neighbor's wife male or female slave, ox, donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Stephanie. I first got familiar with the Ten Commandments. It must have been six or seven at the time, and it wasn't because I read Exodus chapter 20, I, I got to know the Ten Commandments through the movie, The Ten Commandments, starting Charlton Heston and Yul Brenner. Remember those guys? Yeah. Uh, here's a, a quick trivia for you. I just thought it was a really wonderfully made movie. I still watch it to this day whenever I catch it on, on television. Here's an interesting trivia footnote of the Ten Commandments. Ten Commandments not brought to you by God, but brought to you by Paramount Pictures. You ready? <laughs> uh, when the film was released back in 1956, at the time, it was the most expensive movie ever made. Can you guess how much it was? At a whopping $13 million. I always liked the Ten Commandments, not 
necessarily because I like rules and laws, and, uh, but because contrary to some other passages, particularly something like the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus preaches, blessed are the poor, blessed are the weak, meek, blessed are who hunger, uh, that seems so cryptic and mysterious to me, but contrary to that, when you read the Ten Commandments, it seems so, makes sense, it seems so logical. Uh, one might even say it seems so practical, and it, it resonated with me. It's something that I feel like I could do on a, on a daily basis. Uh, to be sure, I think whenever we talk about commandments and laws and rules and in general, it may raise some eyebrows, it may stir up some concerns, uh, because for some of us, perhaps many of us at different times or another, uh, languages like rules and laws and commandments bring about memories of legalism, limitations and restrictions, even judgment and oppression, and perhaps there are good reasons to reflect in such a way. There has been seasons in the life of the church, in fact, in the seasons of any and all religions where laws and rules have been uh, a source of anything less than the life-giving present and gift of God's love for us. So we are indeed mindful of that, that there's been seasons in the life of the church and in the life of all religions where laws and rules have been misused and misrepresented. Nevertheless, Martin Luther of the Protestant Reformation back from 1500s, he writes that to know the commandments is to know everything that Scripture is about. That's a very strong endorsement of these commandments. So today, instead of going through each and every of the Ten Commandments, I kind of wanted for us to reflect upon the entirety of the commandments. What do these things reveal for us? What are the revelations that we gain by reading and studying and praying over the Ten Commandments and other rules and laws given throughout the Scripture. What do these things reveal about us, reveal to us about the nature of God, our relationship to God, our discipleship in Christ? So first thing, we quickly recognize that uh, through the commandments, through the laws and rules, it, it demonstrates to us it shows me that God cares for the details of our lives. That God cares enough for us to give us instructions, as if to say, I have a vested interest in how you turn out, who you become. I think so often we falsely and foolishly presupposes that an individual, a person, can self-generate and sustain morals and ethics, and that's just not the case. I've never seen a single person who can generate and sustain one's individualized ethics and morality. It always falls short. So God is the one who initiates this conversation. If you go back and read Exodus, it is God who approaches us to say, here are some guidelines, instructions, I give these to you because I care for you. I give these to you because I want your path to be that of goodness and fruitfulness. Imagine a parent raising a child. If that parent should give zero instructions and rules and guidelines for that child, what would we think about that parent? We will call that irresponsible, lazy, reckless, even cowardly. But God cares enough for the details of our lives to give us some really good instructions. And in doing so, this is a part that I didn't really think about until recently as I was studying for today. And in doing so, God even risked upsetting us. Think back when we were, when we were children, when we were little. I imagine if you're like me, I grew up in a traditional conservative Korean Christian household. My mom and my dad had endless instructions. Yeah? <laughs> but every time they would give me instructions, guidelines, rules, and then subsequently if I should disobey disciplines that were according to, to my disobedience, 
they would always say the same thing. And you've heard these words before. We've said these words before. They would say, Uyam, we're doing this. We're giving you these guidelines because we love you. Because we love you. Right? Joel, do it. It's because daddy loves you. <laughs> Chloe, do it. It's because daddy loves you. Subsequently, since 2014, my favorite commandments has become honor thy father and thy mother. <laughs> it wasn't before, but it is now. Revelation chapter 319, we read, to whom I love, I reprove and discipline. It is out of love that we are given these gifts. So that's the first revelation. God cares for you cares enough to give you some details, guidelines. Second, I think it is often the case that particularly in the secular world, they might look upon the church or any form of religion for that matter and to think that rules and laws, uh, it bounds us, constricts us, it limits us, it prevents us from being our true selves. And I'm sure they have good reason to think that way. I contend that God gives us guidelines, parameters, laws, rules, commandments, not so that we won't be free, but rather in such a way so that we can be truly free to become the persons that God made us to be, to become the church that God calls us to be. It is unfortunate when we only dwindle down the Ten Commandments as moral principles, moral imperatives, as true as these things may be, but even beyond and more than that, these commandments are for us to live a particular kind of life, set apart from the world. Commandments are not just guidelines, it's a ways in which, as Will Willimon puts it, it's a countercultural way for us to be as people, to shine a light onto the world about a particular kind of truth that they would not be known that they would not be able to see otherwise. Will Willimon goes on to write these words. He writes, we live in a culture where submission to any authority other than our own egos is considered unduly authoritarian and unfair. So we have freed ourselves from all external authority except servitude to the self. This we hail as freedom. But most of us know unrestricted and boundless freedom at best is an illusion and at worst is self-destructive. No. But instead, God gives us specific boundaries so that we can truly be free. Herbert McCabe, who is a Catholic theologian, he coins a term, he talks about what he labels as moral apprenticeship. He talks about how all of us need seasons in our lives where we go through a period, a journey of being discipled, being apprenticed in ways of a particular set of morals and ethics from God through the church, uh, through our life together. And in doing so, he writes, we can then and only then be truly free and to exercise judgment on our own. That is the ways of God according to God's will. But we all need moral apprenticeship. I, I got a feeling that for me, until the day that I die, I'm going to be a disciple of such moral apprenticeship in the life of the church. But yes, there are times where I have to make decisions. I am free to make these decisions. But it's always in the parameter, periphery of being discipled, uh, going through a season of moral apprenticeship. I've said these words before. Um, I think some of the things that we find uh, in 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 the Ten Commandments to be pretty obvious and maybe even easy, but the longer I'm alive, I realize it's really hard. Like, thy shall not lie, simple enough. We can all do these things. It turns out it's really hard to not lie. Yeah? Uh, after I moved to Charlotte, although um, Warren Buffett is somebody that I've known for a long time because he was one of the trustees of my alma mater, but after I moved to the kind of banking town like Charlotte, I, I got to read more of his works. And uh, there's a story of him and his partner who's no longer with us, Charlie Munger. And he shares a story of early on as we were uh, running our firm together, I told Charlie, Charlie, uh, it's actually going to be a lot easier than we thought to, uh, to take the high road 
because there's so few people there. Living a truthful life, living in truth, it's a counterculture way of being. It's a very bright light that we can shine onto the world. I've talked about my cousin before who's a violinist. She was a prodigy by all definition as a child and she's now, she's now in her 30s. She's won all kinds of national wars in, in South Korea. And have I told you this story before? I, I don't know. If I've told you this, if I've told stories more than twice, just kindly email me. Don't tell me at the door there. Just email me. Say, hey, Uyan, you've shared this a lot. Don't share it again. I don't know where and when to whom I share these things with. Uh, she was a prodigy. She played the violin. And every day after school, she'd come home from work, and she played her violin five hours a day, six, seven days a week without exception. She tell this story, and even when I was visiting her, I'm thinking, what? do you hang out? What do you, what do, you do in your spare time? Do, do you have friends? I, you know, she tells a story of for even her friends, but certainly people looking from the outside in, we may look at someone like my cousin and say, look, there she is. She's not free. She's confined, restricted. She's in prison. One could easily think that until you hear her play the violin. You will never see a freer person than my cousin when she plays the violin. But it is only after she has gone through a particular type of discipline and apprenticeship that she was able to be fully free to be the person that God made her to be. And God made her to be a violinist. Yeah. So that's the second revelation. Through the, through the commandments, through the laws and rules and boundaries that God gives us, God desires for us to be truly free. And that freedom is nothing less than becoming the person that God made us to be, becoming the church that God calls us to be. And the third, and this will come as no surprise, uh, we can't live into the fullness of these commandments or any laws for that matter on our own. We need each other. We need the community of faith to fully live into it together. As you might have noticed, the first half of the Ten Commandments, it deals with our relationship with God. There's a Sabbath in the middle, and the latter half is our relationship with each other, with our neighbors. And they're grouped together, as if to say theology and ethics are always conjoined. It's never separate. That is to say, our love of God and our love of neighbor will always be joined together. John Wesley always said, the, the closer we get to God, the, the, the closer we go into the love of God, the more we will love our neighbors. And subsequently, the, the more we grow in love with our neighbors, the closer we grow in love with God. Theology and ethics always go hand in hand. We think of knowing as a cognitive exercise, and it surely is partly that. But to really know and to fully know the commandments we have to live them. We have to live into them in the context of a worshiping community. So that's the gift. What's one of the great gifts of the church? The church enables and empowers us to fully live in to the promises of God, to the ways of God, to the laws and the rules and the commandments that God gives to us. From many different perspectives, over the years I've, I've had this revelation uh, I often, and, and, and this is surely true, but it's not all true, I've often thought that when we sin, when we commit errors, there's punishments to those sins, and that's certainly true. But far more often than not, I think when we, when we sin, the sin itself is the punishment. There not need be a consequences to that sin. Sin itself is a punishment. Here's how this plays out. There's nothing more uh, sadder, oppressive, and regrettable than seeing a life that is going in a direction contrary to how God made that person to be. Yeah. One could possess all that there is in the world, the power, position, and the prestige, but I've also known people with everything that the world could offer, live a life that is, that is not in line with how God made that person to be. 
the sin itself is a punishment because sin takes us away from the particular kind of path that leads us toward the promised place. The secular world will say a whole lot of things about commandments. I'm often told, uh, and, and both by secular and Christians, that monogamy is so hard. That monogamy is so hard. You know what's really hard? Harder, way harder than monogamy? Adultery. Being a monogamous, faithful husband, and I'm decently all right, I'm pretty good most of the time. That's hard enough as it is. I've walked plenty of times through some sad, really difficult times with friends who committed adultery, and their lives are so much harder. It's so much more complicated. These laws, these rules, these parameters, the boundaries that God gives to us, in so many ways, it simplifies, it clarifies, allows us to be in a good and right path. False gods that we worship, they place terrible, oppressive demands on us. So our God, Jesus says, come to me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. You want to live a very simple, easy, and I put that in quotation mark, easy life? Live in truth. It's so much easier than living with sin. And God knows this. And here's the great news. We can do this. The Ten Commandments, the ways of Christ, the rules and boundaries that are given to us because God cares for us, we can do it if we do so together. That's the good news. That's the gift of the church. And I give thanks for that. I give thanks for you. I've had so many wonderful witnesses that have corrected the errors of my ways redirected me from one path to another over and over again. So may this space, may this place, may the church be that for you and for me, that we are enabled, empowered to live in the ways of God always. Thanks be to God. Amen. Church, let us pray. Lord, we bring all of ourselves to this space. We bring our past, we bring our futures, and we bring our present. We lay all of who we are before you. Help us to see ourselves as you see us, full of love, full of goodness, with desires to be free. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we continue to call, you continue to call us toward reconciliation and growth. We admit there are people in our lives that we struggle to love, that we struggle to go through life with. There are relationships that are full of deep pain and frustration. Lord, we ask that your grace seep into the cracks and rifts in our lives so that we may find the freedom found in forgiveness. Lord, in your mercy. All loving God, help us see others the way you see others. We are so quick to say we're doing fine, when the reality is many of us are far from fine, whether we are drowning in our grief consumed in our frustration and fear, laden with anxiety about the future, riddled with guilt, or desperately trying to hold it all together. Lord, each of us is so much more than the words we speak out loud. Give us the courage to allow ourselves to be seen, but also to see one another in the fullness of ourselves, broken, battered, and crying out for you. Lord, in your mercy. Almighty God, we lift our deepest desires to you.
our prayers that our loved one can be healed, that the pain will go away, that the depression will lift, that we can move on without them in our lives anymore. Lord, you hear all of our prayers. You never leave us. You dry each one of our tears. Help those among us know your presence, feel your peace, and remember your goodness. Lord, in your mercy. Lord, we're so grateful that you have called us together, that we get to do this work as a church family. May we remember our togetherness as we pray the prayer your son taught us. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not in temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. As the ushers come forward, I want to extend our gratitude that we continue to be a church where we have new members joining us so frequently. We're so excited for you all to be a part of our church family, and we're grateful that we are the kind of church that continues to grow. Thank you for the ways in which you've made that possible.
God, you have invited us to give, so we give with glad and generous hearts so that we can be a part of the liberation of your people, the liberation of this world. We offer these to you. Amen. let us always remember that God cares for us, cares for you, has a vested interest in how you journey and live and how you turn out, how we turn out. God desires to set us free so that we may become the persons in the church that God made us to be. So may the love of God the Father, the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Mm -hmm.